Hello and welcome to another episode of the Carry On Cast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Jay Carlson and I am joined today with Pastor Jen Hackbarth. I'm Pastor Megan Torgerson. We're so glad that you're with us today. We have this time together to talk about uh, the scriptures for our worship in on Sunday and uh, just what's going on in the congregation here, the life and ministry of Easter Lutheran. We're glad you can be part of this today. We are now approaching the end of the church year. This Sunday coming up. Happy New Year! <laughs> well, not quite yet. We've got Aww. one more Sunday before the end, <laughs> which is often known as Christ the King Sunday in, in the church now. I think it went by other names as we were discussing. Uh, it, used to be, it used to be called Judgment Sunday. I think we've made an improvement on that. <laughs> Christ the King Sunday. You don't want to have Judgment Sunday anymore, uh, Pastor Jake? It's not, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound appealing to me. <laughs> I don't think we'd get a lot of visitors uh, joining the church on that day. But Christ the King Sunday, uh, a day to, to, uh, to celebrate the, the reign of Christ, the eternal Christ, um, remembering that Christ is our king and rulers of this world are not. Um, but also we're beginning something new too on this last Sunday of the church year, beginning a new worship series. Uh, Pastor Megan, do you want to say a little yeah, bit? Yeah, well, liturgically, uh, for those of you who are very serious about the liturgical year, this doesn't make any sense. So I do apologize for starting a series on the last day of the liturgical year. Um, but this new series will will start on Christ the King Sunday, and it'll run through the Sundays of Advent. Uh, and, and we're calling it uh, People of the Promise. We're talking in particular about prophets about uh, the prophetic voice and prophetic literature in scripture, particularly in the Old Testament. But uh, if I think we, we get into um, some other, some New Testament prophecy as well, um, it, as a way to sort of prepare our hearts and to hear God's promises uh, as we move through this Advent season, which um, begins the church's liturgical year, but also as a time for thinking about preparation and waiting and fulfillment of promise. And so to be able to hear from prophets, P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S, prophets, um, to hear from prophets about what God's promise is and, and how we live into that and what that has meant, I think is really, is really meaningful. Um, I also think it's an opportunity for us to talk about what a prophet is. I think we tend to make a prophet into a fortune teller. Right. So, right, a prophet mm -hmm. is a person who predicts the future. Yeah, uh, especially when we think of like prophecy. Mm -hmm. Right. Harry Potter. Right. Prophecy. Yeah, and what yeah. fulfillment of prophecy means. It means yeah. a thing will literally happen in this exact way. That's right. I mean, I, it makes sense that people have this misconception that it's uh, just about predicting the future mm. because prophets do have some future orientation. You mentioned warnings, like, and it's it's about if you continue on this path, things are not going to go well. You right. know, like there's uh, there's some concern about the consequences there, or if things are really difficult. Uh, prophets can speak a word of hope about the future and God's promise to be present in the future. So there is that. But I think you're right that it's really more about the present, speaking God's word into a present situation, whatever that is, whether it's a warning or a, a word of, of comfort. Mm -hmm. And the prophet that we're going to be hearing from this Sunday is the prophet Micah. Yes. Uh, and uh, Pastor Jen, you... Uh, 
What can you share about Micah? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, the end of the Old Testament is where all the prophets, uh, the books that are uh, connected to all these prophets hang out. Uh, There's some major prophets, minor prophets. Uh, That's not to say one of them's better than the other, but it's just the (laughs) length of the books themselves. Micah is a, a minor prophet, a short book. But there are some very powerful verses from Micah that we know and are are probably familiar to a lot of you as listeners, and we'll talk about those today. Um, But Micah, as a prophet, came out of the time where there were two kingdoms, Israel and Judah, and it was right before the exile when the Assyrians, the Babylonians, came and took over Israel and Judah. And... um, Micah was in the southern part, so he spoke to the people in Judah who were thinking, nothing bad's going to happen, we're cool, we're comfortable, we're good, and Micah kept saying, no, you're not good, and things are going to go badly if you keep going down the path you're going. Um, And so he speaks a lot of words of judgment, but also a lot of words of hope, and Mm -hmm. there's this back and forth all the way through the book of Micah where there's judgment and then there's hope and then there's judgment and then there's hope and it's like a three i think the cycle happens three times in this little book so yeah but the readings for today i think like i said you may find them to be familiar yeah there's two chapters that we're going to be hearing from from chapter five and chapter six and they're probably the most well-known passages of micah although Chapter 4 has a famous passage of they will all sit under their own vines and fig trees, which is a favorite passage of mine. It was also quoted by George Washington in his farewell speech when he uh, uh, ended his presidency, did not run for another <laughs> president. So uh, here we are the day before Election Day as we record this so we can remember uh, our first president here. Um, but, but Chapter 5 um, often read around Christmas time. And then chapter 6 with the famous line, What uh, does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? And that will be the, our final verse today. Uh, but I can read this. Should I yes, read this please. here? Yeah. Um, we'll read the both passages here. This is from Micah 5, 2 through 5, and then 6, 6 through 8. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah. From you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. And then from chapter 6, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Mm. So should we go back to the first 
section yeah. there. Just yeah. say a little bit about Micah. It says it's, it's addressed to Bethlehem of Ephrathah. So Bethlehem being one of the little clans of Judah, it says one of the small tribes. So this is rural uh, Judah and the southern kingdom where, where Bethlehem was. It's not uh, the big city of Jerusalem. Um, uh, and so it's, it's kind of an unexpected place that a ruler would come from. And of course, we, as we read this, we think of uh, this, the Christmas story from Luke, uh, how Mary and Joseph traveled to Bethlehem and Jesus was born there in that city of David, a city that another uh, leader came from. Uh, uh, David was of the tribe of, of uh, uh, you know, coming from that city of, of Bethlehem, but uh, but still, it's 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 out in the boonies, kind of. It's kind of unexpected place where God's promise would be fulfilled. Right, and and I think we're, we are, we tend to jump, you know, oh, you heard Bethlehem, oh, it's talking about the birth of Jesus. Um, this is where understanding what prophecy is and how it works is is, is a little bit helpful. At the time when Micah wrote this, Micah was probably not thinking about Jesus. <laughs> I know people are going to condemn me and that's just let me finish my sentence. Probably not thinking about Jesus, probably thinking about a, a future ruler who might lead Israel out of its uh, godless ways, let's say, and might be able to avoid overthrow and might be able to live once again in keeping with God's hope for them. Um, but it's also not not about Jesus. Um, prophecy is meant to be sort of a continuous revelation of God's promise and action in history. So the way that people would have heard Micah say these words is different from what people would have heard, you know, a few hundred years later, perhaps around the time of Jesus, which is potentially different from the way we might hear it today. Which one is right? The answer is yes. Um, this is the, mm -hmm. this is the dynamic nature of God's word. So we, we want to be able to hear this passage as it would have been originally intended but we also want to be honest about the ways that God's people have continued to interpret and hear it throughout history. Mm -hmm. I think that's helpful, Pastor Megan, because it can be tempting to look at the Old Testament and just see it as a predictor of Jesus. And I think that to do it only that way is to disrespect the Hebrew scriptures, right. that we need to take them as they are, to respect them as they were written, but at the same time, looking at it through a, a lens of where our experiences and what we know, we can find rich things in that, that scripture as well. But to just look at those Old Testament readings and say, well, this means this, and this predicts this, I don't no. think is very helpful. No. Yeah. But what is consistent, that God is present to save God's people, uh, God's promises can be counted on, God often works outside the, the usual traditional uh, systems of power uh, in unexpected ways. And then we, we see that uh, revealed in Jesus, too. God's promises are revealed. So there's Absolutely. a connection. But yes, I agree that, that Micah didn't have baby Jesus in mind as, as he was writing <laughs> these words. And if you have baby Jesus in mind as you hear these verses, we're not saying you're wrong. I think that's a perfectly appropriate interpretation. But I think this is one of the joys that I have about reading scripture 
um, in our tradition as a Lutheran is that we realize we will bring a variety of lenses to the way we hear scripture. So whether we're looking at it in its historical context or whether I'm hearing it in a devotional context or whether I'm wondering what this means for my faith today or what this means for me as a Lutheran, um, all these things are, are all true and accurate ways to come to scripture. And I, and I think you bring something different and beautiful out of it. You know, this, this in verse four, he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord and the majesty of the name of the Lord. It's got this beautiful you know, reference to the leader as a shepherd, as, as someone in a sort of a humble working class role. Well, some of that's just saying, Again, kind of like Pastor Jay was saying, this idea of someone coming as an outsider, coming from the boonies, but who will have a, an important position of power. Or maybe we hear it as we often hear any reference to, to a shepherd in scripture and we think, you know, immediately of, of Jesus. We think Psalm 23, we think of, you know, that kind of tender love. Uh, all of those ways are are right, mm-hmm. right. and true. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly appropriate for us to think yeah. of Jesus as we read these scriptures. Mm-hmm. So let's move to the the next chapter, uh, chapter six. Um, here, this is following, you know, as Pastor Jen said, these words of warning and promise, and and God has recounted the ways. Well, Micah has re- recounted the ways that God has been present for God's people in the past uh, to save, and and then we get to this this section where the question is asked. Well, what should we do now, um, as as humans? What should we do to get right with God what what are we owed or what what do we owe God Mm. and so there's a series of of like well sacrifices what could we give to God that God would want or that would get us in a right relationship with God and they start out with burnt offerings kind of commonplace and then they get bigger and bigger and maybe more um well just just outlandish should and it ends with should I give my firstborn for my transgression? Human sacrifice here. We might be thinking about Abraham and Isaac, and there God, God did not demand the sacrifice, finally, of, of a firstborn child. So here, and then God, in the same way, here says, no, what, I mean, through the prophet, God says, what is required of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. So God isn't just concerned about worship uh, or the ways that we worship God correctly or incorrectly. God's God's concerned about justice and how we treat our neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, there's uh, other places uh, where where the the law is summed up as you know those two kinds of those two two pieces of loving God and loving your neighbor uh, in Deuteronomy and Leviticus, and then Jesus in the Gospel, like in the Gospel of Mark, combines those and and says this is this is the summary, the summation of the law is to love God and love your neighbor. And I think Micah is kind of doing the same thing here. Yeah, yeah. To to really boil it down, right? Like, what's the what's the gist of the story here? Mm-hmm. I also want to point out that you know the. What does the Lord require of you to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God? Um, I, kindness, I think, is a bit of a softball on that word. That's chesed. That's mm. that's that like deep abiding. I mean, we will. Some people will translate it as loving kindness because we don't really have a great word for it. But it's like it is much more than just being nice to people. Yeah, it's it not is, Minnesota nice. No, so. far like it, like it's like the polar opposite of Minnesota nice. It is not passive aggressive. It is not sweet. Um, 
loving kindness, chesed, um, can, can be tough, can be, mm-hmm. um, can be hard, um, can be a challenge, but it's about that, that devoted faithfulness. Yeah. Um, so if we're called to love that, we're called to love doing that hard work of caring for each other in deep and abiding ways. That's a, that's a big ask. Yeah, some people might have memorized it as do justice and love mercy. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Where yeah. I think that can be a powerful statement as well, that you love um, you love mercy, which is a giving people you know as much as they need. It's it's looking at people with um, with kindness and with love. Yeah, it, it goes beyond that. Just being kind. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not it's being a nice. a little more powerful, it's, mm-hmm. and it implies action on your part, humble action mm-hmm. on your mm-hmm. part. I think my guess is that, thinking about George Washington, that there are probably politicians that have used this verse or these few verses from Micah in their speeches. That would be my guess. I don't have it. It seems like these it seems verses. Likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I haven't looked up exactly, but it feels so universal in mm-hmm. in a way. The power of it is something that I think a lot of people connect with. Mm-hmm. I've seen it etched in church walls or mm-hmm. on banners a lot. Yep, and because in a sense it does sum up. Well, I mean it, it does frame it as what is required of you, and that's a question that many of us may ask at at different times in our lives. What what really is required? Walk humbly is another one. I've heard it uh, said. You could translate that as walk attentively. Um, yeah. I think that's that's interesting. Uh, pay attention to who's with you in your walk through life. Uh, and in this case, especially that, that God is present. So it's not all up to us, but God God is present with us in our walks through life. Yeah, that word can be like there's an, a, an attentiveness, a, a deliberative nature. So it's, you know, your, your lack of pride is not just, you know, kind of a, a self uh, subjugation sort of but this this not putting the focus on yourself but putting the focus on on God and being mm-hmm. careful to discern what it is that God asks of you it's it, pastor mm-hmm. Jay talking about you know seeing this verse etched on on church walls and things this is a, a classic example of, of what I sometimes think of as throw pillow, throw pillow theology you know <laughs> something that you would absolutely have in a needle point that would yes. be put on throw pillow and sometimes I say that really negatively because it's stuff taken way out of context and used sort of judgy but sometimes in this case when it's taken out of the context it loses some of its teeth right this isn't just mm. saying oh god wants you to be nice and take care of people <laughs> this is a uh, god is threatening to destroy you because of your blatant disregard for your neighbor and your total 180 on what worship is actually about. It's not about you being fancy. It's about you reorienting yourself toward God. Mm-hmm. So when God says, no, 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 all I want of you is to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with me, that's not like a uh, making it simple. God is making it infinitely more challenging. God mm-hmm. is saying that the yeah. standard to which you are being held is, is one you're not currently meeting. Yeah. And is mm-hmm. and it's it is presented to you as a threat and a challenge. Yep. Um, so that's yeah. a that's a much more complicated throw pillow. Yeah. 
Yeah, and Micah is speaking to leaders, um, leaders who uh, in in government, leaders in in commerce who are cheating people, uh, and leaders in the faith world, prophets mm-hmm. who are just basically telling people what they want to do here uh, for a fee. Uh, so all that kind of corruption. Uh, Micah is especially concerned with with the ways that that people are being led unfairly and unjustly. Well, uh, we covered a lot of ground. I'm looking forward to spending more time with this on Sunday and also on, on Wednesday of this week. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll be having some time after our Wednesday service to talk about Micah as well. But thank you both for a conversation today. And thank you all for joining us here on this podcast, podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. May the road rise on